everybody, I'm Dr. Deb, and welcome to another episode of PTSD and Beyond. Welcome to the PTSD and Beyond podcast, where we give you insights into post-traumatic stress, trauma recovery, healing, and beyond. I'm Dr. Deb Lind, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind, touch your heart, and connect with your spirit, and also give you a greater understanding of yourself and others on this healing and recovery journey walked by so many of us before, wounded healers with lived experience and heroes. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into possibilities and purpose, hope, and inspiration. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. One last thing, guys, before we dive into today's episode, if you'd like an ad-free experience and like early access to new episodes and special events, I want to let you know you can join us at patreon.com. That is patreon.com forward slash PTSD and beyond. All right, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deblin here with PTSD and beyond. And before we get into our episode today, I wanted to share some things about our guest today. Have you ever met a person and straight away you just hit it off? Isn't it great when you do meet somebody and that actually does happen? When looking for guests and folks will approach us about being on the podcast, one of the things that I do look for is that connection. I look to see how that person and I relate and how that person feels like like an old friend. And it's important because it shows to me anyway the the authenticity and the the genuine connection that we have as human beings. When we resonate with one another, then there's a, a deeper sense of appreciation and that relationship can flourish. And today's guest, I got to tell you, as soon as I met this person, I kid you not, I really truly felt like I had known them for many years. And when when looking up who they are and discovering that they were a petroleum engineer, who transitioned into being a healer and healing and being a best-selling author, a humanitarian award winner, an international speaker, and doing all those things because they helped other people with the imprint of trauma. The imprint of trauma. Today's guest is Edit be kiss and i can't wait to introduce them to our podcast all right you guys you know what's coming let's do it hey everybody it's dr deb here with ptsd and beyond i am so excited today to have this guest come on because i found out something interesting that we didn't discover in our first conversation moving from engineer to healer I mean, that journey in itself is pretty incredible, as well as, you know, you being an author and an international speaker. Um, guys, let's give a heartfelt PTSD and beyond welcome to Edit Be Kiss. Edit, welcome to PTSD and beyond. Hi, Deb. Thank you so much for having me and hello, everybody. Absolutely. We've got over 100 and 120 countries here. 
And what's interesting is each month we start off with new new countries that take the top three spots. So like right now we have Jamaica and Ghana. And it's interesting because globally the conversation about mental health healing is really touching areas all around the world. There isn't an area around the world where people aren't having this conversation and looking for, you know, um, experts, places to go to get information and someone that they feel like they can connect with. And I think that's something about our initial conversation that really resonated. I mean, look at the background. You have a gorgeous background. Your energy is is high and it's calming. And I really want folks to learn about you and your work, especially you've got upcoming stuff in Greece, a retreat we're going to talk about a little later. And um, that's interesting too, because we had a, we have, we all, we both have a connection there. So let's, let's, uh, you know, go right in to have you talk to us a little bit about yourself and share with us how you got from being an engineer to a healer. I mean, that's a pretty cool journey right there. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for this intro. <laughs> so basically, uh, I was passionate about traveling. I love traveling. And then I was good at math. So I was looking for a profession where I can travel, but still use my skills. So it was the petroleum engineering, which excited me. And then I thought, okay, that's a great position for me. So I went for it. And then it was actually a very amazing experience. And uh, But meanwhile, uh, of my travels, I started to experience panic attacks and uh, that's ob obviously worried me a lot. And then I was looking for some solutions and that's how I started with Reiki. Mm -hmm. So first I learned about Reiki healing. I did the Reiki 1, Reiki 2 practitioner uh, exams. And then basically I got hooked up with the spirituality and then I loved this uh, sanctuary that I spent with my Reiki master. And then we were learning about extra sense you know and then we also learned about family constellation therapies to even go deeper into healing myself and um, our soul family so that was a really profound experience back then and it was like a parallel it was happening to me parallel to my engineering career basically and also having two children getting married so it was like parallel to that and then after a while, when I felt like I want to spend one more time with my children, I actually quit my nine to five and I got into contractor position and I had even more time for myself, for my spirituality by that. And I got introduced to karma yoga healing, which was a very surprising and very third eye opening experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because that was the first time I experienced transcendental meditation on a deep level. And it's actually uh, the, the results of that was that I started to have breadcrumbs from the universe and all kinds of um, guidance and, and some uh, past started to appear and visions. And then it was very powerful. And then I just felt that energy and then I decided to learn these uh, techniques as well. So it was part of these uh, techniques was karma healing, basically healing the karmas, past life karmas, and then also healing ancestral karma or ancestral defect and also traumas. And traumas not just in this lifetime, but past life traumas as well through source memory healing. So that was a huge um, step forward in my healing journey because that was actually able to heal things which I only managed. Yeah, right. Point. So that's how I ended up then later with this process. I realized that I want to show this to people. I want to have people to hear the same way I did because this is really powerful. And that's how I actually started my business. 
That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing your story. One of the things that I really appreciate about the guests that come on is they share their story. And there's, I don't say there's a vulnerability, but we get to a place with our healing journey that when people say, oh, you're so vulnerable, it's like, no, actually, this is why we're doing what we're doing. This is part of our purpose and our and our reason and our meaning. And it is to, it is to share. You mentioned about, you know, the 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 family component and the the managing. I find the word managing and coping right now in like an, a, a social definition, almost like numbing. We're really not managing. We're really, we're really not coping. We're just really just going through the motions. Can you share with us about what was an awareness moment that that was a deep awareness moment that moved you from, I see what's happening, I understand what's happening, to a deeper level of clarity that I'm not going to manage anymore? What was that? Do you have like a profound moment that you could say like, yep, I remember it was specifically this moment that was pivotal that moved me from... I'm managing and coping to I I'm aware of it, I understand it, and we're gonna do something different with it. Do you remember that moment? Oh, the, the truth is that from the first point when I wasn't feeling well or I I had this uh, panic attacks and stuff, I already had the awareness I need to do something. So I was looking for solutions. The thing is that how the solution helped me and what label it helped me, that's what differentiated like from managing and real solution. Mm-hmm. So it's, I would say it's kind of was a lock or kind of was a universal uh, um, interaction. Like first I got only Reiki, which was helping managing, but then I got the karma yoga healing, which actually helped me to heal. So it's, it wasn't me. It wasn't this way because I uh, stopped myself, you know, uh, or I, I didn't, I decided that I don't want to manage anymore and I want solution. No, it was how it was coming to me, how I was attracting this, you know, because uh, I was continually looking for a solution. I'm always the person who's a go-getter, who's a, a action taker, you know, a yes man or yes woman. So I'm, I'm continually looking for solutions. And then I was always like, I need to do something about it. I need to find the next, the next, the next, you know? Yep. And then when I get to the karma yoga healing, that was like, this is it, you know? Do you see challenges right now with our society moving from, um, you know, instant gratification and an instant fix, if you will, versus uh, a mindset of being solution-oriented? You know, so how can we help people with being less of a reactor to more of an open solution seeker. Yes, this this is a long process. Yes, because uh, we want the solution now. Yes, we and <laughs> don't we? we? Go, yeah, and then we yeah. go for the quick fix, right? We right. want the fix. We want a session, and we want everything to actually change in a session. You know, but we need to understand that it takes time, and the healing journey is a journey. So it's it takes months and years because it already originated from. Mm, uh, piling up maybe lifetimes traumas and life trauma so it's not gonna just heal in one session so how to uh, actually um explain this to people that they need to take the long road because the long road is with the solution with the real solution the quick fix is just maybe a 
a breath of fresh air for one day or for an afternoon, but the, the reaction is going to come back because it, of the trigger is going to come to you because you attracted still because the core trauma is there. So right. the core trauma is buried in the unconscious mind and it stays there. It's not like the time heals. No, the time doesn't heal. It is buried. And because it's buried, it's attracting triggers. So to become more resilient, you need to release those core traumas. That's one thing that you can do. Or you can actually uh, practice, uh, you know, transcendental meditation daily and become really resilient with the thing, like really mindful, being in the conscious mind, continuously knowing that you can control your emotions, you can control your thoughts, and you can control your actions. If you master that, then you are fine. But it's really difficult to get to that point if you have those buried traumas. Yep. Can you share with us too about what the difference is, or actually not the difference, but what exactly is transcendental meditation from what you, you know, your definition? Because I, I find sometimes that there's a lack of clarity with what exactly is, you know, meditation. There's even like yoga, there's different types of practice. So can you share with us, you know, what transcendental meditation means? Yeah, so there are like thousands kinds of meditations out there, right? So, and then people, when I ask like, do you meditate? Oh yes, of course I meditate, but it's not the same like other people meditate or it's completely different. So the basic meditation, what normally people do is just sit in silence, you know, and then that's kind of like they they want to actually quiet the chatter of the monkey mind in, in their consciousness. But what the transcendental meditation does is actually you transcend on the subconscious level, which is always quiet. So you actually just go there and then it's it's quiet. So you don't need to force to quiet your mind because you just transcend there. But it's always, it's like going under the water, you know, it's so nice. It's, it's just so blurry, like no, no <laughs> voice, no that strong noises, you know, it's similar, it's similar experience. And then basically when, uh, and the meditation, how you get into the transcendental state, it can be also different. So I heard other kinds of ways how to transcend from other masters, you know? So my way is my different from other ways, you know? It depends which you came across or which you try or which you like, basically. Right. I like that visual too, because it reminds me in Minnesota, though, when it's, um, we didn't get much snow this year, but when we do have a lot of snow and you're outside and you're going for a walk, it's so quiet. And when I'm out there walking, I'm actually observing to see, are other people seeing what I'm seeing? Are other people experiencing what I'm experiencing with the, and I don't want to say it's the insulation, but it really is that awareness of the quiet. It's deeper than I'm just going to go for a walk. It's mm -hmm. deeper than, oh, it's snowing outside. It really is immersing yourself in the water, right? You go under the water and the experience is completely different. And some people will swim and they have no awareness of, you know, yeah, I know I'm, I'm swimming, but there's a there's a deeper level of understanding, and that's where I think you're talking about connecting with the consciousness and connecting with the subconsciousness. So we're going deeper and deeper in just being. And I don't mean to say just as dismissive, but to illustrate those multiple layers. Can you share with us what somebody might experience to do healing with you? What is that? What would that look like? What would a session look like? for a, a first-time person, maybe even somebody right now who's listening and saying, because we have a lot of folks that will message on this one, where they've tried so many things, 
They've heard all the testimonials. They've read all their books, but something is still not resonating. It's still not moving. And the other part of this uh, question is, do you believe that it's more of a an energy resonance that will help individuals as opposed to a task? Do these six tasks. I know I'm asking a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where to start, right? <laughs> so um, basically, uh, when I uh, meet with someone, uh, I don't even need to know. So this is a very important aspect. I don't even need to know their uh, trauma. If they come to me with a real trauma, because that is, could be one situation that they remember something happened to them, maybe it's an abuse or something really terrible thing, you know, obviously. So if they come to me with a trauma, but they don't want to share with me what happened to them, I can still have them to release. So mm -hmm. this is a good point for people who who's, may might have that shame or guilt around it. And then the other thing is that uh, obviously they need to be open to experience uh, meditation techniques, you know, like, or, or spiritual practices, or, you know, talking about chakras, energy, body. So basically, I start with a meditation with them when we open up all the chakras and then we actually invoke the light and activate the pineal gland. And that's how we get into the transcendent state. It's like 15 minutes until we get there into the transcendent state. And then I actually guide them through to communicate with their unconscious mind and then bring in the memories, which is actually aligned. Um, I mean, it's like, uh, which is related to their issue. So that issue can be, as I said, and trauma, what they uh, experienced uh, for PTSD people. But it could be also that you're just feeling anxious, stressed, you have bad days, you don't know what to do with yourself, you feel lost, you feel like... Um, all kinds of negative things, you know, energy. And also maybe you have physical pain because mm -hmm. the physical pain is also a result of mental situations or emotional issues. Right. So so in that case, we tune into that situation, the issue, and then the unconscious mind do the work, bringing in the memories, which is related to that issue. And then we go uh, one by one, the memories, we go through them. Basically, the client is seeing them like watching a movie and then... They usually, they of course, going through the emotions, but you know, you cry in a movie sometimes too, right? So right. It's, it's basically that kind of experience. And then I help them to release those negative emotions from that memory. And after the release, they do the forgiveness. And then basically how we say it, we rewrite the past and create a brand new future. Mm -hmm. What are some things that people experience then uh, immediately after the session and then do they have do they have like a continuum of, you know, deeper level of experiences or even, you know, more so where I'm going at? It's not just a once and done kind of thing. There's there's probably, you know, multiple um, experiences after I find that happens for myself, like there will be something that will happen by that by the end of that day. And then even a few days later, even, you know, continuing to a week later. And do you recommend folks to write these things down to remember, you know, to go back and and review some of their, um, I would say, a, a healing awareness moments? I have a separate journal that's specifically just for that because I can't remember. And then sometimes people will say, you know, well, I didn't really get something or, you know, I was hoping for more. But then when they go back and look at their writings, their journaling, they can actually recall some of these things and maybe even... Um, recall and have that experience again do you find that 
The funny thing is that I don't really recommend people to go to past experiences unconsciously, I mean consciously, because we want to look forward to the future and we want to be in the present moment, enjoy the present moment. So as soon as you go back to the past to analyze it or examine it or being like uh, just lingering in the past is always like taking you back your personality in your past state. I, I don't really recommend that. I always recommend to move forward, to elevate, you know. So basically what they experience, uh, first what they experience is they feel liberated, they feel uh, like lighter, mm-hmm. but they also feel a bit drained. And why they feel a bit drained as well? Because it's a cellular healing. It's a very deep cellular healing. So I always say, okay, don't do this healing every day, you know, or or very often because it's going to be drained. It can be draining. Might you feel fatigue, you know, might you need to take rest, you know, drink lots of water because it's it's really going through layers. And the other thing, what they can experience by time that actually is affecting their family as well. So when they frustrated about uh, the behavior of the family members, you know, and then they are like, uh, have some uh, worry about that. Then I always tell them, as soon as you start healing yourself with this process, they're going to change as well around you. And the other thing, what is happening as well, that if the situation what they need to solve is not just an inner situation but needs more time to unfold you know then is actually start to activate in the karma vortex other people as well so uh, might in the coming days i always tell them look look for so extra solutions in the coming days might someone is going to approach you or send you an email or come into the, your realm you know to actually support you so that's also an effect of this uh, results of this healing Right. Yes. And I think that's really powerful because sometimes people will say things like, well, it was just coincidence, but is it really? You know what I mean? I mean, if you're doing this work, is there really any coincidence? No, there is no coincidence in the world, right? (laughs) Right. Exactly. So talk with us a little bit about your book and how it got started. And I know that just for folks that are listening right now, we have a hyperlink in the show notes that'll take you right there to go ahead and purchase it on Amazon. So talk with us a little bit about your book. So this is my book. It's called On the Healer's Journey. And it also has some lovely uh, pages to color, something Ah. like mandalas so with every chapter you find a coloring page (laughs) so basically you can think about what you just read and color (laughs) at the same time so basically i wrote this book back in 2020 i started to write it back in 2020 when people started to go through this awakening journey you know doing during lockdown and then they felt like all kinds of emotions and then they needed some guidance some like okay how to deal with family members under one roof you know how right. to with my loneliness or how to deal with with not going outside you know and not being able to do this and that so that was one of my initiation to actually uh i heard these questions and then i wanted to answer them but i was like okay i don't want to send so many dms so let's just write a book And then I started to write the book and then I also explained in the book about past life things. I also explained uh, recommendation advices about grounding, about healthy eating, about how to actually handle family members around you, how to actually start doing your healing, self-healing, how to take care of yourself in this process. Also, when you uh, want to become a light worker, how to actually 
empower yourself and take take that uh, role basically seriously it's, it's not to get uh, sidetracked or not to get discouraged because of other people or because of other situations in the society so it's it's basically a coaching book for seekers uh, people who's going through a awakening journey i even got a testimonial uh, from one person who said you know uh, i'm working in 9 to 5 and then i want to get free from it and then this book even helped with that so that's like you know many people can find something in it which is useful for them, encouraging for them, you know, and then have them on their journey, basically. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. There's many different ways to actually start the journey and then to continue the journey. What recommendations would you say for someone that is both starting out and then also somebody who may feel like they took a detour or had a pause and they're and they're restarting again? You mean on their healers on their healing journey, right? Yes, to, you're to, correct. To, how to get uh, track? How to get back on track with their self care? That's what I would uh, uh, say. That the healing is your self care. So basically, take more time for yourself, and then it, you can start it even with very little things like taking a bubble bath. You know, start praying or or do some movements what you enjoy, any kind of movements. Even do some exercise. You know, what what movements is um, makes you joyful. Basically, raising the vibration is the one of the most important part, and whatever makes you happy is raising your vibration basically so that's i would recommend as a starting point and and just feeling good in your body right and then as you want to go deeper basically and as the triggers may be hitting you then looking for solutions how to release it on a deeper level and how to stay finally resilient and strong and you know uh very um powerful in yourself yeah let's take this conversation now we're talking about the self and let's move it into the workplace because we all have to be in the workplace. So we're working with many different types of people, many different personalities, many different energies. Um, the organization, you know, has their mission, vision and purpose. Maybe it's a nonprofit. Maybe it's an organization that is, you know, a, a private company or even, a, you know, Fortune 500 organization. How can someone then take their healing journey? And not pause it at, you know, not pause it at home, but take it with them even into the workplace. I think that's really important because we spend so much time at work. Yeah. And then I was really lucky because I had the chance to work for a company for a period of time who really looked after their people. And then the funny thing was when my manager told me once after I was working there for a couple of weeks, he was like, you know, I, I worry about that you spend too much time at your desk. You should uh, go out and speak with your uh, co-workers more often and have some just chatting time. I was like, my jaw was dropping <laughs> because in my other companies, it was always like, work, 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 do your work. You know, why are you chatting? Why are you drinking coffee? And in this company, they actually were emphasizing that, the connection to build your network, even within the company, you know, go go with your coworkers, discuss things, because then if you have a good relationship with them, then you actually can build a better product together, you know, like when it's a teamwork, if, if right. you don't your colleagues if you don't have a good relationship with them might when you need to start working with them it's going to be a bit more you know uh, rusty like more uh, difficult and then i really enjoyed uh, this and then i really loved that that we had that option there at that company and even though 
And and also it was in a very nice location. So people at lunchtime actually went outside to the uh, woods, you know, to the park. And then they were like doing big walks. Oh, nice. Yeah. So basically which, uh, how you can bring it into the company is first uh, have a place where you can do like walking in a park, be in nature as well around your work. Maybe if you can't do that because it's in the middle of the city in a, in a high rise building, then basically you can still take your yoga mat or a grounding mat. That is now you can buy a grounding mat actually, mm -hmm. and you can plug it in or I don't know how it works actually, but you can do grounding in your office basically, or with some, with some grounding meditation. I have a grounding meditation in my meditation library. So basically you can do grounding during the day, you know, several, times to actually make you feel more connected to the earth the mother earth to feel more grounded to feel more more in peace you know and then um that's like five ten minutes you know and then of obviously have a good relationship with the people um but how to get there is like you can even start the morning uh, at home to create like an energy protection shield for yourself it's an easy process as well it's like five minutes you just imagine that you invoke the light through your crown chakra and you fill up your body with light from your toes till the top of your head and then it's kind of like flooding out like a, a saturated light and then it's covering you and basically you can say it out that allow that this uh protection shared is basically coming with me and then it's going to protect me during the whole day and you you have that light around you it's actually protecting from negative energies you know negative emotions of other people because there are so many empaths out there you know who's actually taking on other people's emotions right so this this uh, practice morning practice could be a good one grounding during the day and then the other thing which is very important when people are complaining about their work or about their coworker or so on and so forth is because they might tired might they exhausted might they got triggered by other situations but I would recommend this. Uh, to have a positive perspective. So perspective is key. And if you can actually shift your perspective into gratitude and see the whole situation as like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I have a job. I have salary. I can actually come to somewhere to work and be along among these people, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you look into certain people's personality, you're going to say like, everybody has something good in them, you know? Like it's, it's or if they behave uh, I mean, if they their behavior is off, might they going through something, you know, and might you can support them with a smile. So basically, um, if you strengthen yourself, if you stand in your power, you can maybe be that beam of light to bring happiness to others and then even enjoy that, that, huh, he, I made him smile, you know, or something, you know, play around with it, just being the, being the, that light, you know. So basically perspective is really important and feeling gratitude. And some people who comes to me and say, how can I be in gratitude when my life is just so bad and then I feel so bad and then this happened to me, that happened to me, I'm in grieving and whatever, you know, then I always tell them that start doing the transcendental meditation because it's actually... As you get into data brainwaves, you start to produce more of the hormones of melatonin, serotonin, oxytocin, growth hormone, and it helps you to have a better sleep, become more focused, even be a better person because of the oxytocin, and even become more vital because of the growth hormone. So as soon as they start practicing the meditation daily, basically they're going to shift into a much 
calmer and kinder person. I heard it from my clients as well that they their parents or their I don't know family members tell them that oh you you behave so differently now you are so kind and you are so loving. <laughs> so it's 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 really easy to shift it. Just daily practice uh, of this meditation can shift you from being really feeling low to grateful and blissful to that state. Even the energy right now watching you share this piece of the podcast episode. I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, really expansive. And do you, do you find that other people will approach you and not really understand why, but they're just doing it? Um, and what I mean by this, I was getting uh, dog food for my dog and this woman starts talking to me. I mean, out of like nowhere, I mean, I'm, I kid you not, like I was at the register and she just starts talking away, talking to me because there's nobody there. We're both waiting. And then she shows me this picture of her dog. And I'm thinking to myself, it's only because, you know, dogs bring people together. You, if you meet another person with a dog, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you got a dog. Oh, what's your dog's name? That kind of, I didn't have my dog with me. She didn't have her dog with me or her. And then the next thing I know, she's come on out. I want to introduce you to my mother. <laughs> it's like. It was late. I'm like, what is happening here? And all I kept thinking about was, it has got to be energy vibration. And kids are like this too. Children, I think, are more in tune to it. But this this example is, do you find that the more and more that you are on this healing journey and doing this expansive with the connection to the energy, and then you also are doing that inner work, that other people are they just they just come to you for whatever reason do you find that same experience so with children i recognize it more like when i'm outside and then they maybe play around or something or they they notice me they look at me they smile at me you know so i i see that more from children um i'm not uh i'm not going out too often you know to to uh places like i'm not an outgoing person so i i don't really uh i'm and then i'm always you know if i'm out i even i'm the one who's communicating with someone if i need something so i'm i'm not i so i don't recognize it as an extra thing you know because it's a part of uh my reality that i have conversations maybe outside with people and so, so i i don't recognize that too much but with children yes definitely yeah it is really fascinating when you know, a little, a little kid just recognizes you, you know, like they're continuously looking at you, maybe at a restaurant and, you know, there's all these other people around, but for some reason, you know, they zone in on you. And I've actually said to parents who, have you know, kind of look like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm just a mom, you know, I'm a mom too. Or, you know, it's the hair, that kind of thing. Cause you don't see a lot of people with like dark red hair. Um, and I, I say that because I want the parents to know that I recognize it as, you know, children are very intuitive, but the parents might be like, you know, hey, what's going on here? Um, and I find it fascinating, though, because I wonder what happens when we are kids and then we, you know, we go through just regular life. How can we help people get back to that place and not necessarily in the sense of, you know, regressing back to and remembering back to, but how can we embrace that purity of that energy that we have when we're first born. I mean, I don't think it ever leaves us, but there's, if we talk about like energy and, uh, you know, auras, 
there's how can we help people with with that cleansing component that to remember that we we need to ingrain now I'm using the word ingrain because that's not correct but we we need to be and do not in the sense of a task but to reconnect how can we help people with maybe three things that folks can do to reconnect so- yeah, so again, you said many questions, so I go back <laughs> for the beginning. So basically, uh, I think how we became who we became after being a pure and and happy child to the person who we are right now is, I think, because of trust issues. Like we lost the trust in many people going through betrayals, going through challenges. And because of that, we we looking at the world now uh, with more like it's risky or more like it's... Uh, it's varying, you know, and there are lots of fears included now because of our um, our vision is maybe not clear, you know, and then and then our trust is not there. So it's I think it's uh, the first thing is to bring back that trust to the trust in other people and the trust in the universe, you know, for the divine interaction. So basically, the trust which needs to build back again. That's what I would recommend to people to start being start again trusting others and be more open-hearted and open minded because that's what's happening when we got betrayed and then feel we feel all kinds of guilt and shame and sorrow in our life or loneliness or heartbreak that we close our heart and then as we close our heart we are not able to receive and give love and it's not just about a loving relationship you know uh, it's it's love towards everyone you know and then yeah. the love if it, we are unable to receive love, then it's and then we close our heart, and it's also the trust issue is there. Like we don't want to trust others. So how to again deal with this is the heart chakra opening that can happen through energy healings. You can open your heart chakra or crystals using crystals, or do the source memory healing. Basically, find out why they behave certain way or why they feeling the certain way. And then um, the other thing I would recommend is again opening the third eye because that's which if it's closed that's when you feel worry and fear of the future and you don't have vision because if you have the vision if you see your purpose clearly then basically you don't have fear and then you trust the divine so and and that is happening only when you start opening your third eye the people who's like visionary you know the people who's like um, artist or or creating art you know or designs they their third is much more open, you know, because they actually channeling all of these informations and then they they are in the flow. They have like less restriction and, and they don't feel fear when they actually riding those those waves, you know. People who is uh, less um, in tuned, you know, these energies, then they are the ones who's more worried and fearful and they it's difficult for them to create new connections, networking or build a trusted relationship. And that's what we need to build to actually uh, feel good and then create success in our life. And then, you know, it's uh, I'm not sure if you know about it, that we Pluto is shifted into Aquarius uh, in 20th of January. And this is actually for the next 20 years, it's encouraging people to work together in teams and in community and support each other. So it's going to be more of that what is happening. And also, Basically, the artificial intelligence or technology is going to also get included in this. So we're going to support each other with skills and then so on and so forth. And and it's, yeah, the community is the most important here. And then finally, open up to each other and trust. I know. I love this. I thank you for bringing that up. I actually had that as a note 
uh, to to talk about, you know, Pluto and where it's at right now. And I want to circle back to the chakras. So for folks that maybe aren't familiar with each chakra, and you mentioned about the third eye, when it is open, then there's more information that comes in for innovation, for creativity, for solutions. And then the heart chakra, I think that you know, if we have a closed heart, then people might be on more on guard with their relationships and even just connecting with community as well as ourself, right? There can be, you know, some self-imposed um, closing off maybe to self-care, for example. Talk with, talk with us about some of the other chakras and what their meaning is and what their purpose. Yeah. So uh, the bottom of our trunk is the root chakra. So there is seven chakra, which is in, in our body, in the physical body. There are other chakras above and below, but let's just talk about the seven main chakra, which is actually aligned with our gland system, basically, and it's in, in our body. So basically, they are like pipes, like little pipes. There is the opening in the back. Uh, and then if they are blocked or we call them like underbalanced, that means that the pipe is blocked basically with negative energies. And how they get blocked is through negative emotions. So when we get triggered and experiencing negative emotions, we're blocking our chakras. But which chakra get blocked with what emotions or what situations is different. So for example, let's say the root chakra is which is at the bottom of our trunk. Basically, that's represent connection with our parents, with our home country, with stability, security, finances. Uh, and then if we have some issues with our parents, we, we are maybe uh, not in a good uh, relationship that could actually affect our finances. Or if we are not satisfied with our home country or we don't like our home country, then it's again, again, affect our stability and security. And then if we have some physical pain in our legs or, or knees or that area where it's the root chakra, then it's again a sign that our root chakra is blocked and needs to be cleared. And then the pain in is going to stop as well. And then when we go up to the sacral chakra, the sacral chakra is in the lower belly area, uh, which is... Um, around the digesting system, basically. And uh, if someone experiencing relationship issues, that's actually affecting the sacral chakra, like abuse or rape or something about relationship, even verbal abuse or uh, physical abuse or just, you know, fights in a couple, a couple is fighting or so on. So, so any negative or trauma is happening in, in relationships, that goes into the sacral chakra. And the other thing, what is the sacral chakra represents is passion and success. So if you have a bad relationship, that can actually jeopardize your success. And then if you have actually a good relationship, then you can build an empire, you know, <laughs> so right. it's, it's person. And then we move on to the solar plexus. The solar plexus is actually by your stomach area. So if someone having issues with their stomach, liver, spin, gallbladder, that's all about worthiness, self-esteem, uh, and then how how confident they are, you know? So it's, it's actually... Um, you know that when people are drinking alcohol, they're drinking it to become more confident or feel more confident. And then that's actually in, in that area. So they actually later ruin their liver and mm -hmm. that's because of the alcohol. So um, if you're experiencing negative emotions around it, uh, like you feel low self-esteem, then you start blocking the that chakra. And then the and then even relationships when when the relationship when the partner is making you feel not good enough you know or or creating uh, judging you or something like that and then because of that you have a low self esteem and low uh, worthiness then that's again can affect the stomach area 
Then the, uh, the heart chakra I already mentioned about the guilt and shame and sorrow and grief, loneliness or abandonment by parents. This can all block heart chakra. And then the heart chakra blockage is really, um, you know, it's it's a physical illnesses like in the chest area can be lungs, heart, uh, breast. Uh, then uh, even the upper back and then the shoulders is connected there. So if somebody experiencing physical illnesses in that area, that's a sign of blocked heart chakra, basically. And then when you go to the uh, throat chakra, is more about judgment, criticism, and also holding back yourself from expressing your truth. Some people choose to hold themselves back and not expressing their needs and 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 truths because they want peace around them. So might they afraid that if they come out with their needs or they come out with their opinions that gonna maybe create some turbulence and then they they suppress themselves so they can keep the peace or or you know the comfort of that situation or that area and then i know that many people is actually taking uh, medication for thyroid issues because the thyroid gland is really uh, connected with this throat chakra blockage and um the next one is the third eye. I already talked about that. It's for the, the, the worry and the fear of the future. And then it's the, about the vision, about trusting, if it's opening up, basically. And uh, the third eye is actually connected with the ears. So if you have like ringing ears or some ear issues, that can be a sign that is maybe opening up or it's closed. So if you have ear like pain in the ear or physical pains or, or some illness, then that's basically the closed um, third eye, but uh, the when it starts opening up, it can have some ringings or some maybe some uh, vertigo effects and stuff like that. So that's can be a bit heavy, but yeah, <laughs> experience. But it's always worth it because you want to open it. <laughs> basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the crown chakra is the last one. The crown chakra is basically to be open-minded to all kinds of informations. You have closed crown chakra if you are not open-minded, basically. If you are maybe a religious person and then you only believe in one religion, then you're already blocking your crown chakra. And then if you are open-minded for all kinds of informations, and then, you know, the light, what you invoke into your body, that's also information. Those are codes. So as more open-minded you are, more information and codes can travel through you and then basically also keeping you more healthy. When you work with Thank you for explaining all the chakras, especially for folks that maybe have heard about chakras, but maybe they don't know what each one means or where they're located. So thank you for giving us that educational tutorial here. When working with clients that, um, and you are doing, you know, chakra work, what are some things that people can do with self-practice to help themselves with each of their areas, um, even maybe all of them, because they're all connected, as well as certain ones. So like, for example, maybe somebody is um, experiencing, you know, stomach ailments, being around another person, how can they protect like their solar plexus, or maybe somebody wants to feel more grounded. I know we talked about, you know, at work in particular, or even in our everyday life, connecting with nature, going outside. Right now in Minnesota, we probably wouldn't be taking our, you know, socks off and putting our feet in the grass, but anything's possible. <laughs> you know, I mean, we do have, I'm saying this in just because we have polar plunges here where, where people will, you know, go ahead and just jump in the ice cold water um, to raise, you know, money usually for a nonprofit. Um, but then they have bragging rights that they did it. So what are some things that people can do to practice that self-care 
of reconnecting with their chakras, as well as helping certain areas that, like I said um, before about the solar plexus, maybe with stomach ailments, what are some things people can do? So um, for root chakra to connect in nature is like, I also don't sit down now on the grass because it's wet and cold also here in London. So I actually was connecting with a tree. So I was sitting on the tree trunk, the bottom of the tree trunk, one of the part which is like going down, you know, so it was looked like a seat kind of way. So you can actually hug a tree, connect with a tree, you know, that's also good for grounding. Uh, and uh, basically for the solar plexus, you said the stomach area, I would re- that's the easiest chakra to fix the solar plexus and is because through affirmations and changing your beliefs. So if you actually want to empower the solar plexus and open up the solar plexus, just start looking at the mirror and say that you are a a badass woman or you are amazing or I love you or you can do this, you know, affirmations, affirmations, affirmations. That's for the solar plexus because that's you start to brighten it up and and, and make it bigger, you know? So that's that's one thing what you can do uh, with with um, with the heart chakra and then with the sacral chakra, what you can do is crystals. So you can choose crystals which has the color of the chakra, and you can use even clothings. So I'm wearing red now. This is for my root chakra, but you can wear basically for uh, the heart chakra. You can wear green uh, color dresses, uh, and then for the sacral chakra, orange color, and you even eating those kind of vegetables or fruits also helps. So orange vegetables and fruits helps with sacral chakra opening green vegetables, fruits for the heart chakra opening. Uh, so these easy techniques can already help with, with chakra opening. And then uh, uh, what else? Um, throat chakra is blue. So a blue scarf, you know, or blue crystals. And then the third eye is, is with amethyst is very highly recommended. The amethyst crystal, basically. Uh, but uh, it needs to be understand that uh, if there is a trauma which is close the heart chakra and the sacral chakra because it's a relationship and the and the heart. So the sacral chakra and the heart chakra is the most difficult to open, and that is which really needs deeper healing. Why yeah. ones are easier? And and I would recommend too that you know do some of these things with a practitioner, so that way you know you're getting guidance and support. Um, and then also to be able to, you know, self-practice. But those are really great suggestions. And I like the color because, you know, it's interesting because I was going to ask you then about doesn't each chakra have a specific color that it's related to? And and can we then wear colors, right, with our clothing to support um, each chakra, as well as the food that we eat? And you already touched base on that. So that was a question that I had. Look at that. Now, is that a coincidence? I'm not sure. Maybe that was a an energy exchange of information and it was a vibration that was felt and interpreted and that's how the flow works. I would like to say that that is actually what happened instead of just the coincidence. Talk with us a little bit about your retreat in Greece and some of the work that you're doing on, um, yeah, the retreats. Yeah, so um, actually I wanted to invite people to a secluded place, you know, where where they are away from their everyday life. And uh, in that whole week, 
they can just only focus on themselves. And then during that week, you know, there because when when you are just going for sessions, but you go back to work and then you go home with the family, then it's not that powerful. It can even the everyday uh, hustle can even ruin the results of the healing, you know, an energy healing or something like that. But if you are in a secluded place when there is no other uh, interactions with the outside world, then whatever you practice and whatever healing you go through, it stays and is amplifying. You know, it's it's even getting like better results in a place like this because it's energetically supporting the whole process. It's a beautiful island. Is actually the the hotel is like uh, not so far from the beach and then it's again very far away from the town so and it's it's amazing nature around it with with little streams and the huge big trees and it's just a beautiful place to actually connect with nature and connect with yourself and then the the practices which I'm uh, actually going to do there is part of it the ancestral defect healing ancestral karma healing then the karma healing what you actually experienced karma in the past lives and then obviously trauma healing process and then we also moving into practicing more protection like how to actually create more protection shields how to get rid of like cords of attachments those kind of practices and then we practice some um, manifestation techniques how to actually create energetically that uh, grid for yourself and you can manifest better and um uh, I also love doing some uh, analysis, some drawing analysis with people to actually they can uh, draw certain things, which is representing aspects of their life. And then I can analyze their what is their subconscious beliefs around that uh, life uh, around that aspects of their life. And then basically through that, they can know themselves better mm-hmm. and is also help them how to reprogram their subconscious mind and get into peace with themselves. That's beautiful. I looked up I looked up the island and it's very close close to Athens. So people are wondering, okay, well, there's many islands in Greece. And we talked about this too before that folks would fly into Athens then and then how would they get to the island? Is there like a ferry or a shuttle that takes folks there? Yeah, a one hour ferry. So it's very okay. Close. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's very doable. And then it's a full week, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also, uh, just to let the listeners know, the hyperlink to Edith's event is in the show notes and it takes you right there. There's a whole itinerary already to show some of the things that are going to be happening from, you know, morning to all the way to the evening. Can you, and I appreciate you putting that together so that way people really get an understanding about, hey, what would this experience be like? What are some of the things that we're going to be doing? And why I share that is because one of, while we have a mystery of excitement, there's also that fine balance of, you know, sharing information with people to then reduce the anxiety, worry, and concern. And can we talk with folks about energy cords? I think that's an, a newer a newer uh, concept for people that maybe, you know, what exactly is, I mean, that would be great if you can share with us about what energy cords are. Yes, yeah, sometimes you can feel drained with no reason, or sometimes you can feel negative emotions with any reason, you know, without any reason, is because some other people are thinking of you or they have expectations towards you that can create cord of attachments. Or might you created that cord of attachments by not by not letting go certain emotions towards someone? Mm-hmm. So it could be both direction. Uh, and then uh, 
you know, you have no idea how many people could think of you daily, you know, with expectations, even admirer people or even people who just want the good for you with good intentions, but they don't know that if they actually have thoughts which is not aligned with your goals or not aligned with your actions or or your your what can I say your desires you know if it's out of that then it's actually draining you it's actually negatively affecting your endeavors you know your your actions because it's it's against it or it's not aligned with it so anybody who has thoughts of you and then thinking of you and have expectations even your mom or your siblings or you know whoever then basically that is creating cords of attachments and it's very good practice to cut those cords maybe a daily basis or or at least once a week to cut those cords of attachments to feel liberated and and more able to feel that you are motivated and taking action and and just feel a higher vibration because these are actually lowering your vibration because it's making you uh, feel drained yeah yeah even when people project so what I'm hearing is even if the intention is 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 for, you know, like good, like, oh, we really want someone to do well, or maybe we know somebody who has a job interview, for example, and we're thinking about them and we want good for them, there's still a projection of an of an energy that then becomes an attachment, an energy cord and an attachment. And um I I like to think about an octopus. You know, we have Many, there's octopus that has eight legs. Well, imagine just in one day how many then tentacles we have because of, you know, folks that are thinking about us, um, you know, whether their intention is, you know, positive or, you know, to do, to do you know, harm in the negative sense, um, meaning unhealthy. And, and yes, we take showers daily. And this is another, another level of self-care and of practice to then you know, um, I'm going to say shed the energy cords, but to the removal of, and then um, there are some practitioners that believe we need to, you know, restore those areas. What are your thoughts on once cords are detached, um, how do we then, you know, restore those areas? What What are your recommendations for things like that? So basically how I learned it that uh, is actually you only cut the negative energy cords. So the love cords you don't cut. You know, the love energy is always there. You know, the love bond is always there. So, uh, you know, you can cut your cords with your daughter or with your son, you know, or with your husband, because that means that the negative energy you cut between two of you, but the love stays. Mm-hmm. Same thing, like if someone wants good for you, you know, like blessings, sending blessings or praying for you, that's that's positive. So that's not really creating these cores of attachments. It's, it's just only when they have out of your... Uh, when they have expectations or, or wishes, which is out of your wishes, you know? Right. Like I'm saying. Right, exactly. And I think as a parent, you know, uh, to be to be mindful of of what we're talking about here can actually help your children grow and develop in the way that is for their journey and their path right as opposed to um you know our projection and desires because our desires for people that we love may be different so i appreciate your what you're saying here because we do keep the love and why i ask the question that way is because there's been like in some information a mis misconception and misperception that we have to get rid of all attachments because the word attachment has a social meaning. But like you're saying here, we want to keep the love. We want to keep that and foster 
that element of energy, which I personally think is like one of the purest forms of energy. Um, even like my dog right now, who's in the room, who's taking a wonderful nap, which to me symbolizes he's in an environment that is peaceful, that's calm, it's relaxing. And hopefully when Max wakes up, he's going to feel restorative. <laughs> You know, and that will continue our energy um, after our conversation. So getting ready to wrap up here, what are like three other things that you think would be uh, beneficial? Maybe there's something you want to touch back on again or expand on a little bit uh, for our listeners and listeners. Thank you so much for being here today. And I know that this is a part two episode. So if you've gotten to this point, you've already listened to the first part. And so what are some things that, um, yeah, you'd like to share? So I think it's very important to understand that we can control only our emotions, our thoughts, and our actions. So what is out of our control, we should kind of let it go, the control. So what I'm saying is that then it's not going to affect us as a trigger, and then we don't need to react to it, only just respond. So this is a very important thing to understand because people are so trying to be controlling all the time. And, and that's actually what's driving them crazy, you know, when they cannot control something. And then that's when make them sad or angry or frustrated or disappointed. So this is one thing. The other thing is we are, you were mentioning about the children and the, the parents. So basically the acceptance of the children are really important and uh, how to accept themselves fully, how who they are or, or what is their wishes or what they want to pursue in their life and not, um, you know, feed them with our own desires or our own expectations because currently what is going on like in many households that the kids are finishing school then they're going to after school programs and then the whole day is full and then in the weekends they go into sport events or birthday parties and obviously they, we need to keep them occupied and we need to keep them busy but if they don't have a time when they just be you mm -hmm. know we are human being not human doing right they need also a time when they don't do anything so they can just lay in bed for hours not doing anything because then they channel then come the the vision then come the thoughts which might start them build them or create them a unique path because until they because if they don't have time for that you know they just follow the society's expectations they are in a mass right. and then when they are 15 years old and 16 and someone asked them, what do you want to be? Who you want to become? They said, I have no clue. I learned this, uh, I learned this subject. I learned that subject. I learned, I know all of these things. I'm good at all of them. I don't know what to choose. I don't know who you want to be. And it's not because they not best better in one project one subject because that, sometimes they do okay i am best in biology so maybe i should be a biologist you know or mm -hmm. i'm best in math so i should maybe do that but basically what they need to understand they need time to actually tune inside and then find who they want to be and might is not even aligned with their favorite subject might it's right. completely different and then that to allow them for that to allow them to just be that's very important i love that message Allow yourself to just be and give yourself, I don't want to say time, but space to just be. So we're disconnecting and reconnecting. Actually, that's really what it's all about. It's about reconnecting and about connecting and about being. I love it. 
Edit, thank you so much for being on the PTSD and Beyond podcast. Again, folks, you know where to find her. Go ahead and take a look at the show notes. All the hyperlinks are active. And please, when you do reach out, and if you do, go ahead on this wonderful retreat. Let Edit know, hey, I heard you on PTSD and Beyond, because you know what I'm going to say next, right? We're better together. We're stronger together. And take what resonates and go beyond.